Welcome to Devotionables, Brief Devotions for Busy People. My name is Jeff Dewalt, and I serve as one of the teachers in the YC6 BFG here. And my wife Megan and I have the joy of serving with the amazing college students here at 9th and O. So today we're going to be in 1 Kings 19, which is just a continuation of the story from 1 Kings 18. And we need to remember that context as we get started. So in 1 Kings 18, we see that Queen Jezebel has led Israel astray from the worship of Yahweh to the worship of Baal. And Elijah remains faithful to God and really is zealous to desire a reformation back to worship of Yahweh. And he essentially challenges the prophets of Baal to a duel on top of Mount Carmel. And the Lord obviously comes through and shows that he is the true God. And after that victory, the prophets of Baal are slain, and Elijah thinks this reformation has come, that this is the moment, this is the turning, this is what's going to turn Israel back to Yahweh. So he takes off running to the city of Jezreel, the city of Jezebel and Ahab, and that's where 1 Kings 19 starts. Jezebel sends word to Elijah that she's going to kill him for what he's done. And this crushes Elijah's hopes of reformation. He now knows that this massive victory isn't going to have the effect that he thought it would and that he was so desiring it to have. And then he seems like he flips a switch and then goes out into the wilderness and wanders under a broom tree and asks God that he might die. That seems like it's a big swing, but he's really entered a period of suicidal depression. The Bible is really honest about these things. And we see here someone suffering from major depression, like many in our world do today. And I'm going to talk about how the Lord engages Elijah's depression here. But before I do that, I need to just have a quick word about depression in general. There are many different things that can cause depressions in a person's life, in an individual. We can't just take one idea or one instance of what's happened and apply that to other people. There are things like circumstances in somebody's life, genetic predisposition, spiritual oppression, sin. All these things play a role, and there's no one simple solution either. But in the case of this depressed man, the Lord engages him in three steps. First, the Lord silently cares for Elijah's body. He sends an angel to minister to him, to give him sleep and rest and to feed him twice. And then on, uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself, so the Lord cares for the body. Did you, did you know that you are your body just like you are your spirit? The body and the soul are in a union that you can't break apart. The care for depression often includes care for the body. Because sometimes we don't only need the doctrine, we don't only need a sermon, sometimes we need a nap. And then the Lord made us that way. So secondly, on the strength of that food, God then listens to Elijah's heart. Elijah fasts for 40 days and travels to Horeb, the mountain of God. And this is fascinating to me because Horeb is the same as Mount Sinai. It's the same place as the same mountain, just a different name. And he's mimicking Moses. Moses fasted for 40 days on Sinai and received the word of the Lord. Elijah wants to hear from God. He wants to know what's going on here. And the Lord twice asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah gives him the same, an the same exact answer twice. I'm the only one left. There is no hope. Everybody's gone away. Baal has killed everybody faithful. And the Lord doesn't chastise him. The Lord listens. 
And then finally, God speaks. And as he speaks, he simultaneously corrects Elijah's beliefs and commissions Elijah. And he does it in three different commands. And it doesn't seem like God really answers what Elijah says, does it on his face. But he really does. He's, he's correcting Elijah's thinking and reminding him who God is. So first, God commanded Elijah to anoint Hazael king of Syria. And this reminds Elijah that, hey, go anoint this pagan king. I'm working there too. I'm working outside the bounds of Israel and I'm working outside the bounds of your understanding. You don't have the full picture and that's okay. Secondly, Elijah is told to anoint Jehu king of Israel. So again, he's saying, yeah, you have a wicked king right now. I know. I know what's going on with Ahab and Jezebel, but do you think your faithlessness is going to make me forget the promises I made to Abraham and to David? I am not going to forsake my people because they have turned away from me. I am going to remain steadfast. And finally, Elijah is sent to select his replacement in Elisha. So we've heard it several times in these couple chapters. Elijah says he's the only one left, and God says, no, you're not. That I am raising up another after you, and my word will not depart from Israel. Go find your replacement. I am the one who this hangs upon. This does not all hang upon you succeeding. Many things that Elijah needed to hear and understand. So after restoring Elijah's body and listening to his heart, the Lord corrects and commissions his depressed servant. So today we can praise God because we have such a gracious and merciful Father to draw near to us in our own weakness and suffering and depression even. And we can also praise God that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever and that he will keep his promises to his people regardless of what we have done. Blessings.